June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment with highly anticipated new releases. The time is now more than ever to embrace the breathtaking, sinister, and shocking tales that can enthrall you, especially with brand new exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped, like Amy Tintera's Listen for the Lie. With exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors, captivating sound design, and dynamic performances, Audible brings these stories to life like never before. And as a member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is the Ion Travel Podcast with CBS News Travel Editor Peter Greenberg, presented by Clear. Enroll today at clearme.com slash Peter and try Clear at the busiest airports nationwide. Hi everybody, Peter Greenberg here and welcome to another Ion Travel Podcast. To celebrate the new year, we were down in Los Cabos in Baja California Sur in Mexico. A chance to recharge the batteries, but not without generating or continuing some important conversations. To start out the new year, I spoke with Simon Calder, the senior travel editor for The Independent in London, about his thoughts for the brave new year in travel. He calls it the Great Reset, and he might be right. Then, speaking of recharging, I visit with Michael Clinton, the author of Roar, how you can charge into the second part of your life before it's too late. Nothing like a new year and those ugly travel New Year's resolutions we often make but fail to keep to talk about it with Michael. And then a look at life south of the border in the era of COVID with local talk show host Claudia Vello. How has Mexico survived, especially since the country never closed their borders to America? First up, From across the pond, Simon Calder. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power the collaboration needed for teams to accomplish what would otherwise be impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything, from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200, or two million, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you connected and moving together as one. 
Hey, Simon. Oh, Peter, yeah, I want to reset everything. Um, so I remember at the start of uh, 2020, can you remember that far back two years ago? I was just absolutely so optimistic, not just about the year, about the whole decade. I, I actually tweeted in the early hours of uh, New Year's Day 2020, never have you had such wide horizons, such great value, such great safety so many opportunities, make the most of it. And then within a couple of months, obviously, well, you know where we were. So I'm hoping for the great reset um, today, looking ahead to uh, uh, the rest of 2022 and making up for lost time, I must say. Well, having said that, let's talk about what we can expect, because most of the last part of 2021 was a giant hiccup. It was this roller coaster ah of rules and regulations that were set, then changed, then reset, then changed again. People had no idea what the next day was going to bring, let alone what the next hour was going to bring. In the last two <laughs> weeks, literally in the last two weeks, we've seen the, you know, the, the effect of the, of the Omicron variant shutting down countries uh, or, or selectively oh, sure. shutting down entrance from some people to get to other countries and then changing back again. I mean, I've seen mandatory quarantines ended, and then reinstated 10 days later. Uh, that's a good example of oh, Thailand, yes. you know, which is now closed. Uh, we've, see, we've seen the Netherlands shut down until maybe the end of this month, maybe even next month as well. It's been terrible, actually. Yeah, and talking from a, from a uh, European perspective, and I'm here, by the way, at the biggest transport terminal, terminal um, in Europe, which is London's Waterloo Railroad Station. Um, it has been utterly befuddling as you say well i mean just in in the uh, 10 or 12 days before uh the new year you had uh, france and germany in quick succession imposing bans on the uk because they were worried about the omicron variant uh we then had um, austria just coming up with absolutely baffling rules um, to the extent that just before christmas um they were saying that the rules are going to change on the 25th of December, but we don't know how. <laughs> um, so how the, it, it, you, you and me, um, it's our job to kind of try and keep track of these things. For, but for, for proper travellers, uh, my goodness me, it's never been easier. But again, I'm feeling optimistic about this. I think we will see in uh, 2022 that probably starting with Europe, we do get some coherence, some sense, uh, the idea that, yeah, we're going to have to live with um, uh, COVID. It's uh, a horrible thing. It's caused, of course, so much uh, uh, grief to so many people, but um, we're going to have to live with it. And already the European Union, which, of course, the UK is no longer part of, has come up with some really good kind of multinational solutions. And pretty soon, I think, if you're traveling in from the U.S., to the European Union. Once you're in, you're in, and um, the, the rules should be uh, fairly, fairly manageable. But of course, um, we have been, as you've been reporting over the months, moving to a situation where you're fully vaccinated, hopefully boosted. Um, you are going to be welcome. If you're not, then um, uh, travel is going to be much more difficult. But I'm going to give everybody at least one piece of advice, which I hope you'll agree with. This is not the time to go online to get the information about the rules because not everybody's updating their website in the proper way. This is the time. Yeah. If there was ever a time to talk to a travel agent or a travel yeah. advisor to get the latest information so they can walk you through what you're either up against or, or not up against, now's the time to do it, because it's changing literally by the hour. 
Oh yes, I, it, <laughs> exactly. I, uh, I have never ever um, been so as uh, you um, so keen on people working with travel professionals. They are your friends. They are experts. This is what they do all day, every day. Um, if you're work, if if you're booking through a, a good travel company, particularly if you've got a personal relationship with with an agent, that is absolutely fantastic. And they will they will be there to kind of hold your hand. And then if things do go wrong, they will help you pick up the pieces. If you book everything online, well, good luck with that. Yeah, you may save a few dollars, but um, if if things start going badly wrong, it's the people who've done it themselves who are uh, very often in the uh, trickiest position. And I'll tell you this: we're coming to you first from the from the Montage Hotel here in Los Cabos in Mexico. Uh, if I wanted information, uh, no, I'm not trying to hold it over you. Don't, no, don't get jealous. But if I wanted information about going to Mexico, yes, I could go to the Mexican government official website. I could go to the airlines website. But you know what? I just pick up the phone and call the concierge at the hotel because yeah. they know it on a daily basis. And here's the interesting thing about concierges: you don't necessarily have to be a guest at any hotel to call them up and mm. ask them a question. These guys have local knowledge. They really know what's going on in a cutting-edge way. And if you're looking for the most up-to-date information as to what awaits you, if they're going to let you in at all, or even if they do what you're going to have to perform to, it's not a bad place to start. Exactly. Hotel concierge is, I mean, it might sound to a lot of people listening, yeah, really old school. What, you mean that guy who's, who's just uh, hovering around by the desk in, in the hotel lobby? Yep, he, or increasingly she, is going to be your best friend. I agree. So the good news is, you know, we've 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 survived 2021. The yeah. good news yep. is is maybe just maybe, and I'm keeping my fingers crossed on this. And the anecdotal evidence seems to indicate this that if you're vaccinated and boosted, uh, you can manage the next variant. You're not necessarily going to go to the hospital or be intubated or on a ventilator or die. Uh, almost every breakthrough case that I've heard of of uh, COVID for people who've already been vaccinated has been either asymptomatic or mild and people yeah. get to resume their daily lives in a relatively short period of time. Uh, so yes. I think, I, I think we, you know, if there's anything that can be said for how we enter the next year, it's entering it with a relatively firm knowledge that while the, the virus may never be eradicated, it can be managed. And once you it, understand that you can, and once you understand that you can manage it, your options slowly start to return to you. Yes, and, and furthermore, and really crucially, you will find that governments around the world um, will be waking up and saying, oh, okay, so we can open our frontiers you know, uh, very carefully with um, uh, protocols in place, and we want to see Peter's uh, uh, vaccination and booster certificates, and uh, there will still be you know, a bit of paperwork to do, but they will be, I think, much more open to tourism, which, of course, desperately needs us i mean you mentioned thailand earlier um uh, th th this is southeast asia's most tourism dependent nation and they haven't had a proper season for uh, a couple of years now they desperately want us back and what what i think is putting people off more than anything else it's the changes that you're referring to yep you open one week next week you're closed um, rules changing at a few hours' notice. Uh, this doesn't do anybody any good. It undermines confidence, and we really have to uh, uh, start working on a more practical, longer-term basis so that I can, for example, 
look ahead and think, oh, yeah, I want to go to beautiful Bhutan in April. I'd love to do that. And I'm going to start planning for it now. And I'm going to be confident when I plan it that I will be able to go ahead. Well, I will give you one piece of advice, at least for our audience here in the United States. And that is over the next three or four months, if you're going to book any international travel and you have the mileage to do it, book it on a mileage ticket. Because if the flight doesn't ah, go, yeah. you get a chance to redeposit your miles. Um, you're not going to have to go Shit. chase your money. Um, and especially yeah. if you're flying on a foreign carrier. If you're flying on a U.S. carrier and your flight cancels by the airline, you will, under U.S. DOT rules, get your money back to the original form of purchase, even if you bought a so-called non-refundable ticket. But if you have any concerns at all uh, about you know whether or not a trip's going to go or not, and you've got frequent flyer miles just lying around, there has never been a better time to use them for a flight than now, simply because of it of their flexibility in case the flight doesn't go or in case you don't go. Exactly. Very good advice, uh, Peter. Um, Europe actually has pretty good, strong um, consumer rights. So therefore, if you're traveling with a European carrier, you, you've, you've got a certain amount of uh, exactly. confidence there. The other thing I'm doing is, um, is booking just very late on. Uh, I'm finding uh, some fantastic you know deals. Now it's time to get beyond how bad it was in 2021 and talk about how good it could be in 2022 oh. based on your wish list. Fire away. Oh, well, look, it's, it's, it's kind of begins with what are the great openings that have happened over the past uh, year and a half um, that, uh, that I can uh, get along to. So I'm starting with the National Museum of African American Music in, of course, wonderful Nashville, Tennessee. I haven't been back there. And I'm looking forward to checking that out. A lot happening in Europe. Um, so you've got the uh, Mausoleum of Augustus in Rome. Uh, that is a dramatic new opening of something very, very ancient. And then the uh, Pinot Collection, um, owned by a, a French billionaire. Uh, he's taken over the Bourse, the old stock exchange in the heart of Paris. That looks uh, pretty magical. But I mentioned Bhutan. And the reason I want to go there is because one of the world's great Great Trails is opening up. The King is going to open it in March. You and I will be able to take a short walk along a long path, 250 miles uh, through the mountain kingdom of Bhutan. This is the country, of course, where the King says gross national happiness is more important than gross national product. And um, he is uh, <laughs> keeping a close eye on, uh, on, on the way that... Um, uh, tourism is happening, but I think that is a very, very exciting uh, uh, opportunity. Um, I got, a, I got a question. I, I got a question for you. Here's my question, and I can't answer it because I never get a straight answer. And so many <laughs> of my listeners are asking for the GEM, the Grand Egyptian Museum in Cairo. Oh, 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 when are they oh, opening? Uh, when are they opening? November, November, my friend. Uh, you, you, my special friend, Peter. Um, it will be November. Well, it might be. This is an extraordinary <laughs> context. Look, um, I have been following this for literally years. I started putting requests in with the uh, Egyptian embassy in London, actually, um, three years ago, I think, because uh, they kept saying it's going to open, it's going to open. Let's just, let's just um, remind people what we are looking at. A spectacular slab of modern architecture that looks across to the pyramids, the grand, Great Pyramid of, uh, in uh, uh, Giza, which is just outside Cairo. 
a spectacular setting with the world's greatest collection of artifacts inside it, including everything. I think 5,000 items from Tutankhamun's tomb. This is a place which is going to be the biggest cultural opening of the decade when it but finally it, opens. It, yeah, I, when I, it I've finally opens. That's my, but that's my question. When it finally opens. I actually was in that museum two what? and a half years ago when they were building it and bringing in all the statuary. It was, and they had ah. all the workshops open with all the people yeah. who were doing all the restoration of the artifacts they were finding. It was unbelievable. And they were supposed oh. to open three months later, then five months later, then eight months later, then yeah. a year later. I don't understand why they're waiting till November. The building's done. Yeah, well, uh, the, the thing, things are done at their own pace in, in Egypt, but it will be worth waiting for. Um, I, I've got nailed down a, a date before then. Um, for the National Museum of Norway. Um, that's opening in um, Oslo, and that's going to feature Edvard Munch, of course. And then something I'm really interested in, in Pittsburgh, the Moonshot Museum. Who doesn't want to go there? Um, I know that you might just, and some of your listeners, and I certainly am old enough to remember uh, 1969 and, and the uh, first Apollo moon landing. Uh, and I just think this is going to celebrate perhaps the new next generation of space exploration uh, that, that we are looking forward to. So, well, yeah, of course, I, I mean, of, of course, in 2021, we saw uh, a number of space shots. I use the word space in quotes uh, where people thought you know, they were astronauts. I use that word in quotes. <laughs> uh, they weren't going to yeah. space. They were going to space adjacent. And, yeah. and uh, as, as exciting as it sounded, because we haven't been doing a lot of exploration work, as exciting as it sounded, if you put this in proper historical perspective, I said it at the time, I'll say it now, I'll say it now, the, the Russian monkey from Sputnik in 1958 had a better experience. I mean, <laughs> nobody went into orbit, nobody cir circled the globe, they were basically weightless for 20 minutes, they got to keep their suit, yeah. and they spent $250,000 to do it minimum. So, yep. you know, th there's, a, uh, there's a famous takeaway from the movie Saving Private Ryan, which I apply to the quote-unquote space shots of 2021. And this is, what did you learn from the movie Saving Private Ryan? Not a good idea to be in the first wave. Bottom line is, <laughs> bottom line is, let's wait and see what happens. You know the price will come down and the actual yeah. exploration will happen, but I'm glad they at least started it. And maybe we can take the words, the, the quotation marks off the word space in 2022. Yeah. Exactly. And, and by the way, if you do want a journey into space, uh, nothing for me beats the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. It's going to cost you considerably less than a quarter of a million dollars. 57 <laughs> bucks will get you in and you'll get to meet astronauts. And that is proper space exploration. My thanks to Simon. Many call 2021 the year of the Great Resignation, as millions of Americans quit their jobs and in many cases traveled elsewhere. Michael Clinton might argue that last year, as well as this year, may be the time of the great reinvention. Clinton's new book, Roar, speaks to a lot of us, not just where we've been and where we are, but where we're going. In the world of unintended consequences, his book couldn't come at a better time. Temp check. 
What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Michael Clinton, welcome back to the show. Peter, thank you for having me. It's always great to be with you. So let's talk about this. I'm sure you know tons of people like I do who did exactly what I said was going on for the last 24 months, reassessing everything, right? We had a chance to sit and look in the mirror, if anything else. Yeah, it's, it's so true. I interviewed 40 individuals who have gone through a big reassessment of their lives, sort of at midlife, because, you know, at 45 years old, you, you, I like to say you've had a midlife awakening, not a midlife crisis, because you've, you've lived a lot and you've experienced a lot, and you can now sort of pivot into what will be a very long life, because if you're 45 or 50 and healthy, there's a very good shot you'll live to be 90, and so there's a lot of living to do. And so a lot of people are thinking about, how do I want to spend the rest of my life? And, and COVID, as you pointed out, put a big uh, amplification against that. It did. But, you know, when the going gets tough, the tough reassess. Yeah, you know, the, the thing that, that is important is you need to, to dig, in, dig down into yourself to figure out where you want to change and what you want to do and how you want to do that. Um, You know, a good example of that is so many people who, like me, and as you know, Peter, I've been to 124 countries, and I've been a little, um, like most of us, you know, uh, homebound in the last 18 months, although we did do a family trip to Ireland this past summer. And so 2022, hopefully, we're going to, it's going to open up and we're going to lot, we're going to all be able to do a lot more globe charting. So what's on the wish list in terms of uh, global destinations? I think that's a good place to start. For your listeners who are who are avid and interested travelers. All right, so that's one thing to do it, but I don't, I don't. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think a lot of people did not address this in a vacuum. It wasn't just where they wanted to go; it was where they wanted to live. It was not where they just wanted to live; it was where they wanted to work. Yeah, I think it was a holistic view of their whole lives, and I think that you know we've certainly heard about the Great Resignation and. You know, the early retirements of, of the boomers. I think a lot of people, regardless of their age, are reassessing, you know, am I in the right career? Am I doing the right thing? Do I want to work at this company? Uh, am I interested in having a hybrid uh, work style? I think there's a lot of, of change that's happening. And then, of course, you know, some uh, people are deciding they want to live big, leave big cities. Interestingly enough, some people are deciding they want to go to big cities. But I think with remote work, if you can do that, you can almost live anywhere. I have a sister who works for a bank in Pittsburgh, and, you know, they just announced that they're going to be remote permanently. So she is now saying, gee, I can go live somewhere else and do my job from, you know, another city or even another country for that matter. So I think the possibilities are there for so many of us. You just have to sort of decide what you want to have work for you individually. Well, you know, you bring up an interesting point. Let's talk about your banker in Pittsburgh who can now work from anywhere. But so much of, of the work that we do, I can certainly speak from my own experience, is with people we like to hang out with. 
or people we like to travel with or people like, you know, we like to travel to see. And if we're all working remotely, that takes away from a travel perspective, a lot of opportunities. I think it's a really good point in a big debate. And I would argue that younger professionals in, you know, especially need to have that um, interaction with their peers and their colleagues and their their senior managers and the people who are going to help them evolve their career and get promotions and get new assignments. And, you know, as a senior executive myself for many years, as the president and publishing director of First Magazine, I certainly would watch talent, you know, interacting as they were um, right there in front of me. I think it's, it's a really important piece. But human beings also, as you know, crave togetherness and experiences, whether they're work or it's travel or it's anything, we, we crave being together and sharing with our, our good family members and our friends and all of that. So, you know, I think this is um, another part of the equation. But the other piece of that is that the people around you are the ones who really are going to help to facilitate where you want to go. There's a whole set of chapters in the book. ROAR is a four-step process. As you know, it's an acronym for reimagining your life before others do it for you, you know, own where you are right now and your numbers and all of all of where you've come from. A is the action plan and R is reassess your relationships. And that means your family, your work, your community, because they're the ones who are going to help once you make decisions where you want to go and what you want to do. They're the ones that are going to have to support you and help you to get there. So um, important, uh, important elements. We're talking to Michael Clinton, the author of Roar, Into the Second Part of Life Before It's Too Late. So for someone who's been to 100 and how many countries now, Michael? How many? 124. But who's counting? But who's counting? (laughs) (laughs) I know you are. But for somebody who's been there, what did the pandemic do for that that numbers count for you? Did it make you want to move even faster? Or did did you realize that maybe you're not going to get everywhere you want to go? No, it makes, it's making me want to move faster. I did go to Ethiopia. I landed back in New York City where, I'm, uh, where I live on March 10th of 2020. So I got in just under the, under the wire. You know, as I mentioned, we did get a family trip to Ireland in, in the summer of 2021. But it's made me realize that, you know, with a lot of uh, restrictions that are out there, that I've got to put my goal list on hyperspeed. So I've already got a bunch of trips planned for 2022. Um, and hopefully they'll all come to pass. They're all on the, the they're all planned in a planning stage in terms of time and dates. And so, yeah, putting it on hyperspeed because I think that we're all realizing, especially if you're at the midpoint in your life, that you know, time becomes a very important commodity, and you realize you've got to focus on what you want to do with your time. And so, traveling and experiencing the world is is one of my priorities always. Of course, in the age of COVID, the worst five-letter word I can think of is plans. Uh, you're going to have yeah. to pivot. I mean, you, you know, it's it's something called trip stacking. You know, you're going to prob- probably make three different reservations for three different destinations, in, you know, basically intuitively thinking that two of them weren't going to work out. Yeah, we, we certainly uh, have done that. We were um, we had a family trip to, to Santa Fe for Thanksgiving. Fortunately, it all worked out. But I think having a plan B and a plan C – is uh, really, really important because your plan A could fall apart literally within days of setting off. So if you're planning an international you know, trip and for some reason because of COVID restrictions you can't go, I always like to say, what's, what's the domestic backup? 
because the domestic backup, you can, you can, you know, hop on a plane or you can get in a car and drive somewhere. So I always have a, a plan B and a plan C in place. And in fact, we saw that happening over the last two weeks where all new COVID restrictions were coming in. Some countries were shutting down or locking down and everybody said, oh my God, people are canceling trips. Well, you have to put that in context. They were canceling those trips, but they didn't stop traveling. They went to plan B and plan C, just like you said. And, and, and Michael, I would almost argue that it's not if plan A doesn't work out, it's when plan A doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I have a lot of uh, friends who've traveled for this holiday season. I have some friends who took their three kids to South Africa on safari. Um, adventurous, uh, certainly, but they're, their thought was, you know, it was going to be safer there than it was in the States. We'll see. Um, you know, I have friends who've gone to the Caribbean. You know, I'm actually coming into you from Argentina. Um, so, you know, those of us who went off and traveled, um, you know, did it in a safe kind of way. My thanks to Michael. In many respects, Mexico is a good case study on the reaction to and the management of COVID. Of course, with travel and tourism. And Los Cabos in particular. Talk show host and journalist Claudia Velo is on top of that story. Claudia Velo, how are you? I am great. And nice to see you again. I always call, I always come see you. I know. We keep growing more gorgeous every year, so it's wonderful to well, see you. Well, you, you know, you can get away with that on radio. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's why I say it. <laughs> so let's do a recap if we can. Uh, let's go back almost two years, mm-hmm. you know, January of, of 20, January February 20, things were going great. Everybody was happy. We were getting ready for a wonderful new season. And then the whole world stopped. It did. And in a city like this, in a location like this, where you're so dependent on your GDP, on travel and tourism, I mean, that's your economy. It was. And it came to a stop, a complete stop for two months right in the middle of the year, which normally is our low season. But the truth is that over the past five, seven years, we've had no low season. We continue to have an influx of tourists. And yet in 2020, it all stopped. The governor actually made an announcement. All hotels closed down. So that was everything shut. Everything. So that not only was there nobody coming here, there was nobody working here. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. Could you survive that kind of hit on your economy? You know, We managed, and one of the things that made us survive was the fact that the community came together. We quickly formed a community alliance, Baja California Sur Community Alliance, where more than 200 businesses and all of the non-for-profit organizations worked together, and we delivered more than 100,000 food baskets, food boxes, uh, to more than 250,000 people across the state. And that is what kept us together. It gave us focus. It gave us a reason to continue. And those who had more gave, the, gave to those who needed the most. So it was, it was something that we pulled together, but it also reflects on the spirit of Los Cabos. It's what Los Cabos is all about. When things get tough, we come together and we manage to stay afloat. But you know, when, you're, when your entire economic base is driven by travel and tourism and the base drops out, yeah. You, don't, you don't have many options. There's nothing to do. All of a sudden, there was nothing to do. But um, here we are. We're back. We're great. And the good thing... Well, wait, let's not get back there yet. Yeah. I, I wanna, no, I want to go back to that part of the time. Because okay. all the hotels were closed. Yep. Nobody was coming down here. Although Mexico never closed. No, but the, the state government decided to close the entire tourism industry in order to avoid a spread of covid so, so even yeah. if I wanted to come down to Los Cabos, I could not. No, there was nowhere to stay. 
Right. Yeah, and there were no, nothing that wasn't considered basic priority and basic need was open. So restaurants stayed open, but only for takeout. And uh, of course, they had delivery. And not all restaurants were open. And they, the ones that did stay open had limited menus, limited crew, and limited hours because it was also an issue of not being out on the street at all times. I gotcha. So that was one long 18-month period. It, well, fortunately, we were able to reopen tourism towards the end of summer. And it was very restricted. Hotel occupancies were very limited. No one could have more than 50% at any given time. And because of the nature of the people that come to Los Cabos, there's a lot of timeshare travelers. So they were already booked. They were ready to come. All the businesses implemented really strict health protocols to make sure that, you know, monitor temperature, use face masks, and, and continue to monitor. Vaccination in Mexico was not a thing yet, but um, but it was starting to happen in the States, and that also helped out a lot. All right, so let's jump ahead to, let's say, February of 2021, almost a year ago. Yep. Uh, where was the vaccination level then? It was just starting. It was just starting. It was very slow. And here in Los Cabos in particular, because there's a lot of people that work in tourism, they wanted to get those vaccinated first, but that wasn't the case. It was first by age. It, at the same time, they increased the number of testing in order to avoid the non-symptomatic, asymptomatic carriers, and that really helped out a lot because we maintained the levels at a good level um, in terms of the numbers so that Los Cabos could stay open for tourism. And today, almost two years later, everybody's open? Everybody's open. 83% of the population is vaccinated. Better than the U.S. Really good numbers. And also, the younger people in Los Cabos were very quick to respond. Everybody in the tourism industry were very quick to respond to the call. And um, here we are, open. And not only that, but our numbers have increased, and we've surpassed the number of passengers arriving to Los Cabos that were registered in 2019, which was the highest in record. So it's really come come back. It has, and it came back. We came back way faster than we thought. In the beginning, the Los Cabos Tourism Board and the Hotel Association were very conservative in their numbers. They were thinking maybe three years to recover. Here we are less than a year away of reopening, really reopening, and uh, our numbers are great. We're talking to Claudia Velo, radio talk show host, and of course, the voice of Los Cabos. I, I'm going to keep calling you that as long as you let me. <laughs> you do uh, that. What were the lessons that you learned? It's important to stay together. It's important to have focus and to have really clear goals. We knew that what we wanted to do as a destination was to reopen, to stay strong, and also to have to be perceived as a safe destination. We worked really hard. Everybody worked really hard. All the hotels, all the service providers, they got certified in order to say, yes, we are following all the standards at an international level, and we're ready to welcome you. Is there something that the community is, is doing now that they never did before, or vice versa? Is there something that they're not doing now that they always did before? I think we're following protocols better than we ever did. You know, Mexico, 
we flow with things and sometimes we stick to the rules and sometimes not <laughs> so much but i think that now in order to guarantee the safe the safety and the well-being of not only our visitors but our own community well you have to maintain the confidence exactly of your exactly now in the caribbean uh, there are a lot of hotels and resorts that are offering free testing they're offering if you get sick they'll, they'll quarantine you at their expense are the resorts here doing that? That was the case in the beginning, yeah. especially when the state started to ask for more proof of non-COVID in order to get back home. Right. But um, now, of course, they facilitate things as much as they can. My thanks to Claudia, to Michael Clinton, and to Simon Calder. And my thanks to you for listening to this Ion Travel podcast. For more information with the world's leaders in travel and for answers to your travel questions, be sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. And for all the breaking travel news, and these days it seems like it's happening at machine gun pace, just log on to petergreenberg.com. Special thanks to our sponsors at Clear. Enroll in Clear at clearme.com slash Peter and zip through busy airports nationwide. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. Always on the go? You can take CBS Mornings with you. Wake up to your daily dose of news and interviews on the CBS Mornings On The Go podcast. Listen to CBS Mornings On The Go ad-free on Wondery Plus.